What's better than this? Guys, me and dudes here on the Draft Dudes podcast presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino, Kyle Krabs, and Chris Schubert from the Draft Network. And we are your hosts here on this Monday episode of the show. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Kyle, happy Monday to you. It's time to reflect on the 2021 NFL draft. There is so much that transpired over the course of this weekend. Uh, never mind like the UDFAs. And there were some really good players who didn't get drafted, who are UDFAs. So like, this is going to be a fun week, week and a half for us to kind of dig through this and, and process uh, all the new faces. And, and I'm sure Joe, your phone's blowing up with people. Oh, come on, talk, talk with us about what's so this, this was kind of like the uh, it's always different when you're doing a show, right. And, and you don't really get a chance to reflect on it in the same way in which you would, if you were not on the air or on a live stream. Uh, so this can be like a, a really, I think, fun exercise for us to kind of sit down and, and digest everything that took place. Exactly. I, um, on my drive back from our studio, I was just kind of like spitballing players' names that I was, you know, interested in the draft. Some of my favorites, and I'm like, okay, what team do they play for now? <laughs> so right, where can I find be, these guys? Right? So this would be a good way for us to organize our thoughts, and of course, we're going to get to everybody here over the course of the next week and a half. So today is the NFC East. And we should start with the Dallas Cowboys. They made a ton of selections in this draft, going heavily on the defensive foot, the defensive side of the football, which is something we expected. Um, I think the question is, how much better did this defense get? Obviously, the headliner of the class, Micah Parsons, the ninth pick or excuse me, the 12th pick in the 2021 NFL draft. Kyle, your initial reaction to this Cowboys Hall? Yeah, so Dallas had five top 100 picks. Uh, they had Micah Parsons at 12, Kelvin Joseph, the corner from Kentucky at 44, Osa Odigizua at 75, Chauncey Golston at 84, Nashawn Wright at 99, and then Jabril Cox, just outside the top 100, good value get there at 115. Josh Ball, talented but troubled offensive tackle at 138. Stanford wide receiver Simi Fehoko at 179. Kentucky nose tackle Quinton Bohanna at 192. Israel Mukwamu at 227, probably going to play safety for them. And then Matt Farniak at uh, 238 here to close it out. There's their seventh round selection. So, Joe, uh, as you said, heavily focused on the defensive side of the football. I think what stood out to me the most was that they went full send on scheme tendencies with what they're going to be running, uh, but they had very little regard for uh, the general consensus, and that's to be expected, right, that, that, that they have their own criteria to, to work through, and that's why we're not going to get on these shows and tell you that so, so-and-so's team nailed the draft or blew the draft or anything like that. You know, we can have our opinions about other players that could fill the same criteria they're looking for because I don't think anybody was expecting Deshaun Wright to be the 99th overall pick in the draft. 
especially after you already did draft Kelvin Joseph with 44. So I, I think that's going to be the big test for Dallas is you very clearly went super scheme specific with your draft. Did you go too niche uh, with players and, and forego good players that could fill the same role uh, going just for a certain kind of look and feel for prospects? I feel really bad because I did some Q and a stuff on Twitter before the draft. And somebody said, you know, can you see a scenario where Dallas doesn't get one of the top two corners in the draft horn or certain the second? I'm like, I think there's a slim chance, but I think you're going to have one of them in play at number 10 overall. And lo and behold, Panthers pick horn at eight, the Broncos pick certain at nine and Dallas doesn't get one of those top two corners, which prompts the trade up with the division rival Eagles to come up and get Devonta Smith at 10. They move back and get Parsons at 12. And you look at this roster and they have Jalen Smith and Leighton Vander Esk was a first rounder a few years ago. Now Micah Parsons is added to the mix, you know, for a league where so much of it is spent in sub packages, it's going to be interesting to see these groupings and, You know, if they look at Micah Parsons as more of a a gap shooter on passing downs that, um, you know, they even get potentially working off the edge a little bit. So there's some interesting dynamics that exist with what's in place and what they brought in. Kyle, I think my favorite pick from this haul overall is Jabril Cox in the fourth round. Uh, Really nice coverage linebacker, really good in space. And it's interesting. Some of the things that he brings to the table are question marks when it relates to Parsons and some of the question marks with Cox are the things that Parsons bring to the table. So they're complementary players, different players, which I like. Um, but as, in terms of just finding the real value in this hall, I really like that Jabril Cox pick. Yeah. And um, I know Dallas, they got a couple guys on day three, Simi Fihoko being one, uh, Quentin Bahana being another one who, varying degrees of expectations for what their ceilings could be. But Simi Fihoko was like height, weight, speed guy to Mm -hmm. the umpteenth degree. And and Quentin Bohanna, uh, a true nose tackle and a big body on the inside. And uh, he kind of arose out of nowhere. I I have to tip the cap to Arif Hassan of of The Athletic because uh, he collected my board, right? And he's like, all right, I'm going to put your rankings in for the consensus rankings Oh, by the way, like uh, Quentin Bahanna was in like the top 300 and, and you guys didn't write him up. So that was the <laughs> tip off for me to get him in and taken care of. And lo and behold, he goes top 200 to Dallas is uh, a guy who is going to try to help fortify a, a run run defense that in the NFC East is going to now have to deal with Landon Dickerson who landed with the Philadelphia Eagles and the Dave Gettleman kind of punchy in the mouth style and the Washington football team, what they got with a bigger back in Antonio Gibson. So uh, Bohannon has, Bohannon has a chance to kind of lock down a nice little role here uh, for Dallas. So uh, as I look at this draft, I don't think relative to our evaluations, we would say this was one of the better collections of talent uh, based on the opportunities that they were afforded. When you think about five top 100 picks that they had, and they drafted just two players that were inside our top 100 prospects, those being Micah Parsons and Jabril Cox at a questionable 
position of value. Um, but again, this, this was a very clear objective based draft for Dallas. And I think that's something that has to be uh, emphasized here. And, and we're not just going to sit here and look at the numbers we rank the players at and where they got drafted and say, Oh, well, this is a yeah. good or draft class because of that. Yeah. I think that the, the question, if we were to do that would be the Calvin Joseph pick, which I know there are a lot of people that like Kelvin Joseph, but collectively as a scouting staff, we were not super high on him. But if he realizes his ceiling and, and Parsons does as well, I mean, you have two really dynamic pieces mm-hmm. for your defense. And I think at the end of the day, if you know they get a couple of starters on the defense out of this and in some really nice depth and rotational players, I think that's exactly what they needed. Hey, football fans, listen up. Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC, is offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. To get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T, text DRAFT to 231231. That's 231231. This unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testafin, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increase energy and lean muscle mass. Plus, text now, and they will include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever with key ingredients to help you get back in shape absolutely free. Text DRAFT to 231231. That's DRAFT to 231231 message and data rates may apply bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action baseball is in full swing and you can track all the action at bet online get all the latest news odds and for all your sporting needs including mlb nba nhl and ufc action before the next pitch head over to bet online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit when you use our promo code Locked On. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So Kyle, the New York Giants, Dave Gettleman traded back and he did it twice in this draft. And so they made the big move back with, uh, was it the bears, right? The bears came up for Justin Fields. They moved back to number 20. They pick up an extra first round pick next year and they get a weapon for Daniel Jones and Kadarius, Tony, really nice gadgety type player. That's good after the catch and really unleashed a full, set of skills at the wide receiver position this past year at Florida. And so um, we, we thought offense could be the direction and uh, that is what they wind up doing as they kind of enter a, a critical year for the development of Daniel Jones. As the saying goes, variety is the spice of life. And Dave, <laughs> go to a new restaurant this summer. Try something new. As it turns out, just like trading down, you might just like it and decide you want to do it again. So kudos to, to the Giants for being opportunistic with the chance to uh, strike uh, in the quarterback market with not having to worry about checking that box for themselves. Um, Joe, I'm kind, of, I'm kind of curious what you think about the, the Tony pick in particular. And um, 
uh, I know we had somebody who was, was at TDN draft HQ uh, this past weekend said that they had read that urban Meyer said, if Tony would have been there at 25, that would have been the pick oh, really? for Jacksonville. So, um, you know, usually when you see these things that are perceived to be reaches, uh, they're not really reaches. It's just a matter of, well, we have the leverage and we know somebody else has interest in this player we really like, so we're going to get him here. So uh, not to say that's always the justification you need to, to pick a player, but uh, Tony at 20 is uh, the object of the trade back and how he fits in with the pieces that are here for Daniel Jones. Let's talk a little bit about that. So I, I like what this can mean for the spacing offensively for the Giants. Um, you have... Kenny Galladay, who's a big height, weight, speed guy down the field, really good ball skills. You have Darius Slayton, who gives you big-time speed down the field. I know John Ross is here. I'm not counting on anything from John Ross. Uh, you have a good tight end situation in Evan Ingram and Kyle Rudolph, and so I think you can space the field well with them. You, obviously, you have a, a move guy in Ingram, an inline guy in Rudolph, and then, of course, Saquon Barkley, who is literally the, the most do-everything back there is in the NFL. Now you add in Kadarius Tony, which I think will help not only with horizontal spacing, but vertical spacing because he's so good after the catch and he's really come into his own as a vertical receiver. And I think because you have this collection of skill sets, it really opens up anything you want in terms of pass game concepts. However you want to attack defenses, you have the skill set in your weaponry to do that. Now the onus becomes on Daniel Jones to take advantage of this full complement of weapons. And obviously for Jason Garrett to maximize this personnel, which I, you know, some of the rumblings and stuff that I read on social media afterwards was, you know, is Jason Garrett really going to get the most out of a Kadarius Tony? I think these are fair questions, but at least all the pieces are in place for them to answer that. I think call me crazy. This is a good draft. I agree. Yes. You take the future draft picks. You get Tony, Ojalari, Aaron Robinson, and then a developmental designated Mm -hmm. pass rusher type in Ellerson Smith. And, and, you know, they they did draft Gary Brightwell out of Arizona and Rodarius Williams, uh, two picks there in the sixth round. But for me, it's those first four that I really, really like the pass rush duo of Ojalari and Smith, adding them into a defense that is so well-established for how many guys they've got who can play on the interior defensively. Uh, You got Aaron Robinson adding him into the mix in a a defense that has uh, a guy like Xavier McKinney who can play some linebacker and also play nickel and play safety, right? And Robinson, we're anticipating potentially being a nickel defender along with Darnay Holmes. And they brought in the Dory Jackson and they have James Brett. So like, yeah, I like, I like this for New York quite a bit. And, and it's interesting to see, uh, obviously, three of the four premier picks that they made, defensive side of the football. Dallas, I mean, they ripped off defense on what their first one, two, three, four, five, five picks, six picks. So you get over to, to the Washington football team. They're a little bit more balanced. Philadelphia's a little bit more balanced, but uh, – uh, these first two teams we've touched on here, and they're, they're trying to get their defenses right and uh, try and stabilize a division that had a, a champion this past year with a 7-9 record. If the Giants picked 
Aziz Ojolari at 11, I wouldn't have blinked an eye. I would have said that's a good pick because he's a good football player. I know the the knee stuff surfaced late, which affected Ojolari being available at number 50 overall. Mm-hmm. But if you are not aware of that, you just watched the player you saw at Georgia last year. I thought he was easily a top 15 player in the class. And so I think that's a plus value at a position of need where, you know, they're really good on the defensive line, but on the edges, not necessarily the most dynamic guys. Now Ojolari is here to provide that. So, yeah, I mean, you look up and down this thing, especially those first four picks, and you add in the additional first-round pick next year that they were able to gain from the resources they had this year. And I think that Dave Gettleman did a really nice job for his football team and uh, set up Daniel Jones to have what he needs. You, you got some help on the defense. It's a really good group. So what this is going to come down to for Dave Gettleman now is you invested in a quarterback of your choice. Mm-hmm. If he sinks, you will sink with him. But if he swims, you guys are swimming to the island together, right? So so that's that's – I think that that would be my expectation. And, and I like what New York did, but this kind of creates that no excuses dynamic for me, for Daniel Jones. Do you think, I mean, if Daniel Jones is the same player he was in year one and year two, I mean, is that a kiss of death for, for Gettleman? Can he outlast a bust in Daniel Jones? If that winds up being the case, I don't think his resume is strong enough for him to, have that kind of clout, but I would also never say never. Yeah. It's, you know, to me, it's like, I I feel like the roster has gotten to a point where I really don't have that many questions. The, The only question being the quarterback position. And obviously Daniel Jones can answer that question this coming year, but it's like, it's almost like you, you have the, the multiple picks next year at your disposal in the first round. If you have to make a move up the board, if Jones doesn't work out, or you're that type of team that can find whatever, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick type starter that's available for you to fill in and try to compete with that roster. So it's, I guess that's hard. The most important thing you can do as a general manager is identify the right quarterback, but it's also kind of a tough pill to swallow when I feel like you've done everything else except for you picked the wrong quarterback. It's like, you know, it's tough sledding for these NFL GMs. Yeah. So the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm-hmm. Hey, what's that song we're going with here? Mm-hmm. Oh, the fly Eagles fly. Song. Yeah. Fly, Eagles fly. Score a touchdown. One, two, three. I would have mocked Devonta Smith to the Eagles if Benjamin Solak didn't tell me all week long it they wouldn't be into him. Correct. That is correct. <laughs> That's right. We weren't winning the competition this year anyway. No, we had a great Josh, showing. Yeah. We had a great showing. Did you see we were uh, tied for 17th in the fantasy pro scoring? You know, there's all these different. Um... I, yeah, they, they've all got their own little methodologies. And, and Ben and Trevor were tied for 7th. And you and I were tied for 17th. Yeah. And there, were, right. like, there were like 185 or something like that scored. I choose to care about the one where I slotted the highest. So <laughs> no, huddle probably, reports the one, right? 
Yeah, it's the right. it's, I, I always enjoy the different methodologies. It's it's like anything else in the evaluation process, right? It's like how how many different ways can you evaluate a player? Well, how many different ways can you evaluate a mock draft? And apparently there's a whole bunch of ways to do it. So <laughs> appreciate that that yeah. dynamic. So for yeah. Philadelphia, they picked Devontae Smith uh, at number 10 overall with the trade up. They draft Landon Dickerson, the center from Alabama, so a pair of crimson tied offensive players to start things off at 37. Thought this my, was this is the Eagles draft, not the Dolphins draft, right? My guy, Milton <laughs> Williams at 73. Joe's guy, Zach McPherson at 123. Another one of Joe's guys, Kenneth Gainwell at 150. Marlon Tulotu. I swear Tupelo to God, Tupelo too. Yeah. I will get it. I just got it perfect now, and it's the last time I'm ever going to have to say his name. <laughs> well, <laughs> 189. Oh, boy. Teron Jackson, defensive end from Coastal Carolina at 191. Jacoby Stevens at 224, safety from LSU. And then they closed with Patrick Johnson from Tulane. This is, uh, this is not a bad draft glass, Joe. I, I like quite a bit of what Philly did here. I especially like that, like Landon Dickerson, Milton Williams, Zach McPherson, Kenneth Gainwell, Marlon Tuapolotu. That stretch of picks is like double, 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 double. Like I, I just see all of those guys claiming roles for this football team. Dickerson, obviously starting caliber center. Milton mm-hmm. Williams is a versatile defensive lineman with an elite athletic profile. McPherson was like my favorite day three corner out of Texas tech. And he doesn't give you much length, but he's physical. He's good in zone. He's good in man. He's got good ball skills. And then Kenneth, Kenneth Gainwell. And you think about Nick Sirianni and what he was able to get out of Austin Eckler and what he was able to get out of Naheem Hines. I think he's a really fun piece for them. And then Tua Pelotu is a really solid one tech defensive lineman. I just, that middle stretch of picks is really, really exciting. I know that headliner here is Devonta Smith and you know, I, I could see Devonta Smith being a really outstanding NFL wide receiver because he simply knows how to get open and catch the football. I just feel like it's fair to wonder, right? Like, and be curious and not necessarily be completely sold that given his stature, he's going to come in and be a bona fide go-to receiver. We're talking about a top 10 wide receiver here in Devonta Smith expectations are for you to be a number one receiver that is the go-to guy for your offense. And I know he did that in the SEC for Alabama, but this is, this is, this is the NFL. So that's going to be uncharted waters, right? As far as the expectations and the lofty uh, draft status, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I I do think it's also interesting, Joe, that uh, the interdivisional trade, that was struck to make this happen in the first place, jumping the giants. And then the giants saying, well, it's like the Jerry Seinfeld get when he's at the play. <laughs> he's like, well, all right, that's I've seen enough stands up yeah. and walks out. Yeah. So that was the giants after uh, Miami took Jalen Waddle at six. And then Philly jumped the giants uh, for Devonte Smith at 10. That was what was reported was either one of the Alabama receivers would have been the target for the giants. So um, looking at this class, how many starters in 2021 do you see? Oh, I think I see three. Do you 
Three, really. I think. Smith, Williams, and McF... You got to find a way to get Dickerson in at guard, right? I know yes. they like Simialu, right? Yeah, they put, but Dickerson's got enough positional flexibility. Yeah. If he's healthy, there's no way he's not one of the best three interior guys that they have at their disposal. I have a would you rather regarding okay. this draft class. The very Eagle practical. draft class specifically? Yeah, because it's a very practical application because clearly – the Giants were going to pick Devonta Smith at, at number, is it 11? Mm-hmm. Okay. So would you rather have Devonta Smith or Kadarius Toney and the Bears 2022 first round pick? Probably Tony in the extra one. Me too. I think. Me too. I'm sure somebody will clip this when Devonta wins rookie of the year and post 1400 yards and we sound like no, idiots but listen it's all about process it's good process right? it's good right. process. Like, yeah we we didn't count on devonta smith being the exception and that's never I mean, something I'm comfortable he might with. be but right. you know is it's the law of averages says that it would be a bit of an upset if he is and, and yeah. making big time decisions and investing extra assets. They Philly gave up 84 to come up and get Devonte Smith move two spots to go get Devonte Smith and bank on him to be the exception to the rule. As far as being a bona fide stud. Uh, I mean, Joe, we collectively, our group had Kadarius Tony scored as an 82 and a half uh, and Devonte Smith scored as an 85 and a half. So mm-hmm. they, they weren't grossly, the discrepancy between the two wasn't some massive void. I mean, Devontae Smith was a first-round grade for our staff as a whole, whereas Tony was a a comfortable second-round grade valuation. So I guess maybe that's where you could take the the argument if you wanted to say Devontae Smith is, well, we had a first-round grade and used a first-round pick on Devontae Smith. We had a second-round grade on Kadarius Tony, and he was drafted at 20. Any other thoughts here on the Eagles? No, but I do just want to set the table before we get to the football team. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys, for all of their selections, and again, this is not hammering their draft class or saying that it's a failure or anything like that, but just acknowledging how many players – that they received that were inside of TDN's top 100. Micah Parsons, who was ninth. Jibbero Cox, who was 47th. The New York Giants got three. Kadarius Toney, 29th. Aziz Ojolari, 20th. Aaron Robinson, 92nd. The Philadelphia Eagles, Devontae Smith, 13th. Landon Dickerson, 33rd. Milton Williams, 63rd. Kenneth Gainwell, 88. We've got one to go. Let's do it. Before we do it, I got to talk about the best tasting protein bar ever. It's Built Bar. So many amazing flavors. They're all covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. It's like eating a candy bar, but it is good for you. Built Bars are great for anyone who is health conscious. Whether you want to lose weight, maintain weight, or just indulge in a delicious treat, you got to try Built Bars. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high in fiber, and perfect for anyone who is on the keto diet. 
We've got a deal for you. Head to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. So the football team had a haul here. Yes, they did. I mean, Jameen Davis, the, the, the headliner here at number 19 overall, the linebacker from, from Kentucky, Samuel Cosme, offensive tackle from Texas at 51. At 74, they go Benjamin St. Juice, the corner from Minnesota. Diami Brown, wide receiver, North Carolina at 82. John Bates, blocking tight end from Boise State at 124. Derek Forrest, the safety from Cincinnati at 163. Cameron Cheeseman, this, the long snapper from Washington. No, he went to Washington from Michigan, 225 overall. William Bradley King Baylor, Shaka Tony Penn State, Dax Milan, wide receiver BYU, their three seventh round selections. So they also received four players who were inside the TDN 100 uh, in this draft class. Uh, Jamin Davis, 45th overall, Sam Cosme, 54th, Benjamin St. Juice, 94th, and Diami Brown, 38th. So I'm really excited about this draft class for what it can be when you take into consideration they won the division last year, the infrastructure that was in place, a veteran quarterback and Ryan Fitzpatrick stepping into the fray. Uh, yeah, I, I think this was a great draft class for Washington. It, it's, you know, it's hard to say whose draft class is going to gel and materialize quickest to, to provide kind of that boost that somebody's going to need to take this division next year. But I could tell you this, just based on looking at, uh, some of the talent that these teams got, I'd be willing to bet the division winner this year doesn't have a losing record. Right. Well, that's that's pretty much always a fair bet, though, right? I mean, it's pretty weird for a team with a losing record to win the division. averages. Right. But Ron Rivera's done it twice. I think it's happened three times ever. And Ron Rivera, you got to hand it to the guy. <laughs> um, so it's my favorite pick of this haul is Deami Brown. Uh, we had him as a top 40 player in the class. He goes 82. Um, really fun vertical receiver, and he's good over the middle of the field. My comp for him is Mike Wallace, and I love the idea of him with Terry McLaurin, with what they're, you know, what they signed in Curtis Samuel and free agency. Calvin Harmon's coming back. You know, Logan Thomas is coming into his own at tight end. Antonio Gibson in the backfield. And this receiving core, this offensive skill group is really, really good. And, you know, Fitz magic's going to be back there as the trigger man for this offense. And he's got a lot at his disposal. You think about Scott Turner and in the style of offense that he employs, I think there's some Chan Gailey elements to it, but there's a, more of a vertical element to it as well. And so I can see this offense being, you know, an above average group next year. I, I think, the biggest pressure point is probably Sam Cosme. Would you say that's a fair statement to make? Yeah, I do. I mean, you think about what Washington does and does not have uh, and, and what opportunities are the greatest for this draft class. And uh, obviously with, with Jamin Davis being a top 20 selection at linebacker, those expectations are going to be high. 
and they, they still have not found somebody to comfortably take over um, that spot. Uh, they, they thought maybe it would be Ruben Foster, right? And, and Ruben Foster, unfortunately, had another injury, and, and it just seems as though his um, his ability to stay available, whether it be off the field issues or health issues, uh, we're moving past that. Unfortunately for Ruben Foster, who was really talented as a player, but in Jamin Davis, you get another talented linebacker. And, and, and I think that he will have the opportunity to uh, easily step into a starting role, but I don't think Jamin Davis failing or succeeding as a rookie is going to make or break the Washington football team's hopes of making the postseason like what it could for Samuel Cosme, because he should take this starting left tackle yeah. right out the jump. Yeah. You wish Bill Callahan was still the O-line coach, right? You yes. give him a, a, a piece of clay like Cosme um, who, I mean, technically there's not a whole lot that translates, you know, if you're looking for like true NFL style pass sets and uh, you know, run game habits you're not going to see that but he's got everything and for a blocker in his mold he's got a good amount of power for that style of player and so I like him a lot mm -hmm. he just needs work you know if there's a front seven though you know Jamin Davis one of the the big the question I had for you after you presented him to our scouting staff and we all really liked the film we watched in 2020 my question for you was like Hey, why is this it? Like, why is this the only time he was ever a starter? We're talking about Kentucky. This guy didn't see the field until this past year and he was this good. And so he's a late bloomer. And I think there's some reps that he's missing in terms of, you know, just experience to step in and play. But if there's a front seven where you would insert a player that maybe hasn't played a whole lot of football and, and has a great feel at this point, it's this group, right? With all these great players around him, I think he can fit right in and, and claim a, a starting gig early on. So let's um, let's put this thing on ice with one of the tried and true favorite traditions of anytime you're immediately reviewing a draft class and give it a grade. What do you think? You want to give the Washington one? All of them. This whole division. Oh, we're gonna grade. How about we just pick our favorite? Your yeah. favorite draft class from the. Division. I have all mine done. I have You're all great. thirty-two grades done. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I could tell you there's only one team who didn't get at least a B out of this what? group. Oh, out of this group? I thought you were talking about the whole out of, out, like, No, out of this group. There's at least there's only one team that did not get at least a B. Okay, so predictively, I would say that Dallas is the team that did not get a B. Correct. Yeah. And, again, this is you know, not a kiss of death. This is not saying this draft class is – uh, going to fall flat on its face. Uh, but given where they were picking and the talents that were available, uh, just based on my eye for evaluation, I probably would have gone in different directions a couple places. And because of that, Dallas got uh, a D plus. And it really hurt in my eye that the two best players they got were both at linebacker. And yeah. they were they were both players that you're probably going to bank on at least early on complimenting each other for a singular role on the defense. My favorite draft class in this division is the giants. My least favorite is Dallas. You can flip a coin between Philly and Washington for the middle two. So I had the giants and the, the football team at B pluses and I had Philly with a B. Okay. 
So uh, I, I think based on talent, I would probably give the advantage to the football team, but the giants deserve credit for picking up extra draft capital to work yeah. with for 2022. So like there's yeah. really appealing dynamics for those and, and Philly got good talent, you know, yeah, you they did. Devante yeah. Smith, you get Landon Dickerson, you get Milton Williams, uh, you get Kenneth Gainwell. Like there, there's plenty to like here with this draft class. Uh, just, it's going to be that, that risk of Devonte Smith and the trade up is, is kind of the big question mark for me, uh, but I like what the, I like what three out of the four teams here in the East did this year. That's going to do it for us. The NFC East divisional recap of the 2021 NFL draft is in the books. We obviously have plenty of these coming over the next week, week and a half. So you're going to want to hit subscribe on the podcast. Uh, Chris, Joe, when do we want to, uh, when do we want to do the drawing? For the jersey. Thursday. Thursday on the live stream? Yeah. Sounds good to me. We none of us have time to put it together for Monday. So we can No, do it I wouldn't expect that, but I'm just <laughs> putting it on the radar. We did not forget. I think that's important. We obviously got great participation with a lot of loyal listeners who left us uh, very flattering reviews of the show in hopes of getting a uh, a rookie jersey of their choice for the price of on the house, courtesy of the dudes. And uh, we will decide who that is on Thursday night. So that's going to do it for us today. Kyle Krabs, Joe and Chris Schubert. Thanks as always for listening to Draft Dudes Podcast. We hope you guys enjoy your day. We'll talk with you again tomorrow.